you're in your most crippling moment and it's coming down on you. Take a deep breath, look around. Did anything happen? It's all in your head. Take a deep breath, put that steer wolf back in this cage and go do something productive. When Mason Knox decided to chase the thrill of the nightlife and become a dancer stripper, he didn't anticipate the judgment and resentment he would face. Yet despite the odds, he persevered and found out that moving from warehouse worker to adult entertainer and author was a journey that eventually paid off, both financially and personally. In this episode, Mason reveals the ups and downs, pun intended, of his financial journey and shares his invaluable lessons that he learned along the way. We explore the hustler mindset and how he achieved financial success and stability, especially in an unconventional career. I'm Bob Wheeler, and this is Money You Should Ask. This podcast, our books, online courses, and newsletter all focus on awakening your money mindset. Our mission is to normalize conversations around personal finance so we can better understand why we do what we do when it comes to money. If you would like to learn more, all the information is in our show notes. Bring a little money mindfulness to your life. Follow me on Instagram at Money You Should Ask. Okay, are you ready for spicy conversation? Buckle up and get ready to be dazzled. Let's slide right into our chat with Mason Knox. Mason, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome. I feel welcomed. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. I know that we were going to record before and you had a little bit of a health issue. Yeah, small health issue. I was born with a heart condition called WPW. In fact, the late meatloaf had it. And Marilyn Manson had it. I looked up famous people that had my condition. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's good to know. Basically, lucky for me, as far as heart conditions go, it's like on the very low, low, low spot. They basically just had to ablate it. I would get like fast heartbeats out of nowhere, but it's completely successful. I'm completely healed. And thank you for asking. Well, I mean, having health issues could impact your job. I mean, you're a male stripper and you're an adult entertainer. I don't know what your typical day is like, which hopefully you'll tell us. But yeah, I got a funny story for you, kind of. It's funny now because of where I'm sitting. So right before I decided to have my heart operated on, I was getting symptoms again. And the symptoms of the condition I had was it's a super fast heartbeat. It just out of nowhere. Your heart will just go real fast. Your palms will get sweaty. You'll get a little lightheaded. You kind of like feel that, I guess what doctors sometimes would feel like a little bit of impending doom. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing this bachelorette party at the Marriott. I know, you see where this is going. A couple <laughs> weeks before the operation, because I'm fine. Right. But there's a 7% chance I could die when these happen. It's there, but it's small. Right. So I'm getting ready. I'm putting on my ripoff shirt and I'm about ready to go in all of a sudden. I can feel it coming. I went, no. So my white head and I'm like, all right, just ignore it. So I remember kicking in the door. These girls are screaming, going crazy. I'm dancing. And the whole time in my head, I'm like, you're going to die. You're going to fall over. I'm going to die. I'm going to die here in this room in front of these girls. But then like, as soon as it comes on, it stops. So like within like 10, 15 minutes, maybe I'd say at the most, I'm just like in my panic zone, all of a sudden it just stops and you're back to normal. So then you knew you were going to live and then the, all the girls had a great time. Yes. They were having a great time anyway. I was in my head, like I'm on the outside smiling, but in my head, I'm like, holy bro, I'm going to die. I'm going to die right here in front of these girls. I've been a dancer my whole life. Of course, I start freaking out in my head. I'm like, I'm going to be that guy on the internet. Stripper died in Vegas of heart condition and everyone's going to think, obviously, I was doing cocaine. 
Right. Exactly. Well, that's the obvious. <laughs> well, at least you die doing what you like, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, what is a typical day? So, I mean, stripper probably usually working at the night time, adult entertainment. I mean, what's a typical day? Like you wake up 11 o'clock. So a typical day for me, I tend to get up a little earlier these days. So I try to get up around nine, get up. I do coffee, do breakfast. I do yoga. And when I say yoga, I mean, I'm in stretching and breathing exercises. Yeah. I have a gym at my house. So I usually hit the gym for about an hour, two hours every morning. And then after I hit the gym, I usually have my day planned out because I, I do adult films too. Mm -hmm. So I'll see whether I have booked for content trades. I'll see if I'm booked for any bachelorette parties that night. I'm also a cowboy on the strip and we do pictures with the girls. Okay. So sometimes during the week, I'm doing like the shirtless pictures and we're lifting up the girls and doing all that. So a typical day, wake up, eat, gym, maybe work the strip, do some contests, come home, shower, maybe take like a small nap if I need to. And then I'm usually back at the hotel rooms at nighttime working bachelorette parties. Okay. So it's a far cry from working Taco Bell, walking to work back and forth a mile each way. Dude, and I know that sounds ridiculous when I say that, but it was. Like, I know I sound like my grandpa. You know, we walked a mile uphill there, a mile uphill back. It's like, yeah, I'm very humbled coming from where I used to have to work on Greenfield, Indiana, down State Road 9. So those are very humbling days. So look, I worked Burger King, so I hear you. Nice. Worked the drinks and got demoted because it's not as easy as it looks. But no, you got to change the syrup thing. I know. There was a lot. There was too much. They put me back at the burgers. You just put them on a grill. That was much easier. Nice. No responsibility. So you were working in manufacturing. You're working the forklift. You're doing all these different things. What was it that said, I got to freaking get up, take all my clothes off and dance to the world? I think back in those days, like high school's ending, you're getting into the workforce, you're going to college. A lot of my friends are going to college. And I literally, I didn't want the party to end. And I didn't. And I wanted the way to meet girls and I wanted the party. And the first time I tried the strip, I was like 19. And I went to like a gay bar in Indiana called the Unicorn. Yep. But I just, it was like too much. I just wasn't prepared for it all yet. And then like fast forward a couple of years, I turned 21 and I went and then stripped at this place called PT's. And that's when they had the guys on Saturday nights with Dance for Girls. Indiana and everything was closed down. We'd go to the Denny's. There you go. Denny's was the hangout after work. Hey, man, you got to love Denny's. They don't do drug tests after 2 a.m. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You had a risque business in middle school, oh, some would say. I didn't have a business license. Let's keep it down. Oh, okay. Well, it's the statute has passed. You're okay. The statute's passed. Tell us about this business. Well, it's the one that I think you're thinking about mm -hmm. is I had a porn rental company. Yeah. I'm an 84 baby, so I'm last Gen X. Okay. I grew up with the big camcorders. Right, right, right. You could hook those up to VCRs and it was the first pirating. You could just buy the blank tapes and just dub it. Okay. So we would steal my friend's parents' porns or any porn I could get my hands on and I'd take it home and just dub it. And I would put the porn back before the parents knew it was gone and now you have a copy of it. And I would uh, rent them out to my friends for five bucks a night. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's pretty good money if you don't have to pay... At that age, dude, in middle school, you know, even another 20 bucks, 25 bucks a week, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Rolling in the dough, you know, for sure. <laughs> and did word get around? I mean, like in a way you want everybody to know, but then you don't want everybody to know. Yeah, there's that. I was kind of known on the underground. Right. So luckily in that situation, I never got told on. So I don't think anybody ever got caught. So that's <laughs> with the porns they rented from me because I never got any trouble for that. No, that's too funny. So you didn't want the party to end. 
like the dancing was a way for that to happen, not to end. But were you thinking about, man, I got to make a lot of money or what was the drive? Like, is it the ability? Is it the, oh, if I got a million dollars in the bank, like what was the driving force besides don't want the party to end? Was there any other part of the plan? Well, yeah, but the driving force was I didn't want the party to end, right? That's what got me in the door. Then when I realized when you compare the money I was making with a night of stripping was more than a week of backbreaking labor. At this point, by the time I was stripping, I, I was working in a place called Bunzel. It's a warehouse in Indiana. The party got me in. Mm-hmm. The money kept me there. Yeah. Because then I started really realizing once you get in there and you're just having fun, no matter what, as a human being, like we're like sponges, you soak up the things around you. And I started looking around and you get advice from some of the older guys that have been there for a while. And you just kind of watch how things are done, get some advice from a bartender here or there. It's like, wow, even a bad night here. I'm still like, you know, I said like one night of stripping, I would make just as much as I did at a whole five days, eight to 10 hours a day working at Bunzel. Yeah. Now, did all the Bunzel guys start asking you for advice how they could start dancing and giving up their day jobs? They should have, but because of Indiana and the time that we were in, a lot of guys said I was gay and they made fun of me. Okay. Called me a faggot and you're gay G-string wearing hobo and- Just because you were comfortable. Again, that's how people spoke at the time. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. If they were smart, right? they would have maybe jumped on the gravy train, but I didn't care. And we had like a basketball goal there. We'd shoot up hoops at on our lunch breaks and stuff. And I ended up breaking my wrist on company property there. And that allowed me to take time off work when I broke my wrist at Bunzel, because they wouldn't allow me to come back to work is when I started maybe stripping a little bit full-time. Right. And I started getting a more feel for it. And then I ended up obviously quitting and getting the stripping full-time. Okay. So the guys at Bunzel weren't that accepting or were a little bit harsh about it. But when you started to meet other people, did you tell people, yeah, I strip? Or you talk about your brother, Brent. And so I'm wondering, like, was he like, no, that's cool. Yeah. Was he freaked out? Brent's cool. Yeah. For every negative person, there's been positive people. Yeah. So my biological brother, Brent, is super cool about it. He loved it. He thinks it's hilarious, which you should. Yeah. Because it's a funny job. Yeah. It shouldn't be taken serious. And do you find, do you tell people, like when you're out and about, somebody's like, what do you do? I'm a stewardess or I'm a whatever. I'm like. Well, I've always told people because I do like a little broad spectrum of the adult world. So I just tell people just in general, I'm an adult entertainer. Okay. I'm an adult entertainer based out of Las Vegas. Do you have a lot of people saying, you look familiar? (laughs) I can't play. I do. Oh, that's right. I masturbate to you. (laughs) Right. There could have been that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, but yeah, I get that sometimes a lot too. (laughs) At least, you know, your fans are passionate, right? Exactly. What would you say are the financial pitfalls of working in adult entertainment? I mean, you don't get W-2, mostly get cash. You're not putting away for social security. Maybe you're not even thinking about social security. That's the thing about quick money is like, as I've gotten older, I've been putting stuff away. But you know, like when you're making that kind of money in your 20s, again, this is just me talking about my experience. There's probably kids out there that are way better handling money than I was. Yeah. It's cash. I mean, just whatever, man, just pay your taxes so the IRS don't come after you. And just what you have left over to spend it, man, who cares? Like my whole attitude was, is I might not be alive tomorrow. Right. So spend it today. I'm not suicidal or nothing, but I just had that. We're going to live today. Wake up and live today. You know, it's interesting that you said that because I was going to actually ask. I mean, I have seen from time to time, you know, porn star commit suicide. And so I wonder if you or some of your friends, like there is some mental health issues for people that maybe 
either they feel guilty about what they're doing or maybe it felt like the only choice. It's sad. And I think a lot of those, and again, I could be wrong, but if we took the statistics on people who do that, I think a lot of those people that are committing suicide, maybe are in the adult world, I like to take a poll on how many of them all are on antipsychotics or on anti-anxiety medications, because a lot of those people that do that, I know that are on those things. And I think that a lot of people like freak out and they don't want to deal with anxiety. And it's like, everyone has it, man. Right. I talked to my last interview, I call it the fear wolf. And it's like, a lot of people want to take these pills. Like there's no such thing as getting over anxiety. No one ever gets over it. You just learn how to live with it. Right. You're in your most crippling moment and it's coming down on you. Take a deep breath, look around. Did anything happen? It's all in your head. Take a deep breath, put that steer wolf back in this cage and go do something productive. But I think a lot of those people that kill themselves, they want to mask their mental health with pills. I really believe that. And I don't mean to offend anybody by that. If medication helps you, I'm not telling you to stop your medication. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of those antipsychotics, and they do. When you watch those infomercials, they'll say, take this for depression, but one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I'm not going to give up any names, but there's people I know in the industry that tweet about it all the time. There's a lot of people tweeting about how they feel depressed in my industry or how they're doing this and doing that. And it's like, again, I'm not perfect. I have bad days too, but it's like, you have to learn how to feed your soul. I'm a little bit older too. I wonder if the younger generations, it really sucked into the whole social media aspect too, right. which I think can cause a lot of depression. Yeah, absolutely. And whether it's adult entertainment, whether it's being a housewife, whether it's being a doctor, whether it's being- We all have it, man. Everybody across the spectrum. Whether it's being a host of a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whether you're Bob Wheeler or Mason Knox. That's right. Even I told Mark from Saltwater Underbelly, you could tell anybody, everyone, I hate to say it like this because- I don't want to be negative, but we're all suffering in one way or another. We all. For sure. And some are more than others. I got friends of mine that are my age that have cancer and shit. Yeah. We're all suffering. We are, but if we can all just at least have a little fun, dance a little, connect a little. And I like how men in like the UFC and more wrestlers and even more men like myself that I consider to be a little bit on the masculine side are saying, hey, it's okay. As men, we should talk. Right. Are you having problems? Let's talk to each other. Yeah. And even with women too, I'm not excluding women, but I'm saying we should, like you said, normalize that we acknowledge the fact that we're all suffering in some way and let's just talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. You're not alone. Exactly. Support is out there. But yeah, it's sad. I sometimes wonder, I think maybe too much porn can lead to depression. Yeah. You got to find the balance in anything. Because even me doing it, I tell myself, I force myself to step away from it for a couple of days. You know what? This just came to me. I'll have to ask this, but is there ever a time when you're just looking at your coworker in the film and you're thinking, I just can't? Oh. (laughs) I mean, maybe there doesn't have to be some attraction or maybe you just get comfortable with it. Or I've heard you talk about you were with this girl and then her guy comes in and says, I'm a husband. And then he starts playing, you know, he's like, hey, I'm just going to participate. But like, do you ever have that situation of like, Oh man, anybody but her. (laughs) That's funny. No, like the only time it gets like that is like maybe sometimes in the adult film industry, when I'm around doing films, Mm -hmm. it's vice versa too. Like they usually send you the person's Twitter. You approve the person before you're ever on set with them. Oh, okay. As far as porn goes and working in that industry, I'm never surprised. I always know who I'm working with before I even show up. Got it. So I, I do escorting too. And like when you meet couples for the first time, you can be like, all right. 
<laughs> or this is going to be a short night. <laughs> I'm going to do the best I can. Again, a lot of times it's mental. So thank God for, uh, you know, I always carry Viagra in case I have to grab one for uh, an emergency situation. To help with the imagination. No, if you've ever taken one of those, don't take a whole one. <laughs> it could be a while. Just, no, it's like a nightmare, dude. Just take a little bit, nibble. Just a nibble. Now, I had a client of mine that was a doctor. He's like, hey, if you need a box or two of these, I was always like, yeah, I don't know. It, I'll wait. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just like I just said, if you ever like really, really need it, you've never done it, which is fine. Just, I don't really need it. Sometimes you get stuck in your head, though. You know, if you need to push forward, just take a nibble, bro. Yeah. I've had nightmare stories of people taking a whole one. Yeah. You're like feeling lightheaded, feeling hot, dick won't go down, feel like you're going to pass out. That does not sound like a fun sign. No, not at all. At some point, things must go down if they've come up. <laughs> yes. If your erection lasts longer than eight hours, call more women. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you this. You've been in Vegas a long time. 16 years almost, I think, give or take. Yeah. Is it tempting? I mean, you're living with fast money. You've got quick money. You're in Vegas where it's Sin City and things are coming and going. Do you think that changes the way you view money? I know you're saying like live in the moment and stuff. Has that changed at all as you've gotten a little bit older? Like, Oh, yeah. I've slowed down for sure. Okay. I'm slowed down. I'd say in the last five years, I've gotten really good at knowing how to play the credit game. Okay. And does that stuff you want to do, rental property and all these like adult things? I have a few acres of land I bought in California. Oh, cool. That's zoned for residential. Oh, nice. So that's one thing I'm investing to in my future. I found in my little older age, I like to do the remodeling of houses myself. Oh, cool. I like to do the painting, laying the floor, changing the fixtures, going to get the shit. So, I mean, as far as like adulting, but yeah, I've really kind of slowed down. Like, I can't explain it. You just start seeing things different. No, I totally get it. It's a different kind of adult entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Going to Home Depot is my porn. <laughs> you learn how to work the credit system and how to do your taxes. And like, there's a way to do things. And again, I'm not, you don't cheat the system. Right. There's a way to do things completely legal that if you just take the time to look into it, but you can make the credit game and your taxes work for you. Start LLC, start your own businesses. I mean, capitalism is designed to work for you if you just figure out how to do it. Absolutely. And it took me a long time. Yeah, it takes all of us a long time. I never cared. All through my 20s, didn't give a shit about my credit score. Didn't give a shit about anything. And then by the time I hit your 30s, you start to want to adult a little bit and you ain't adulting without a good credit score, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Does the fear wolf ever still show up for you around money? All the time. I'm always constantly in the back of my head like, all right, if I do this, I got to do this. And if I do this, I do this. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, if I do this and do this, but if this happens, then I got to do this. Then if I do this, but if I spin this and I put this, I mean, I'm always constantly moving shit around in my head, man. Yeah. But even with that, I don't know, is that the hustler mindset or is more the hustler mindset like, hey, let's just all make it a good time for everybody? No, I think the hustler mindset's like the, with option A. I think a lot of people that just get like a salary or just like their normal nine to five, they just like, they have their money. They usually probably have their bills on automatic deduct. So they get their shit deposited and then just automatically duck. They just start their job. They go home, they watch their Netflix and they go to bed. They do it all over again, which is fine. Right. They pay their mortgage and all that. Me, unless I'm getting my money and I'm like, all right, I picked the bare minimum in for bills. All right. Now, how can I take the rest of this I have left over and invest it? What can I get? Can I get a piece of property? Can I flip this car real quick? My mind's always looking on how I can take this dollar and turn it into two and turn that into four, turn that into eight. My big thing is now what I'm looking into is how to make more passive income. Yeah. Which only fans I've been doing pretty good at. 
once I get my real estate going, as far as I get that property I have, that'll be more passive. Making money while you're sleeping, making money while you're making your coffee in the morning. No, exactly. Especially when you're doing something that's physical that requires your body, whether it's film or dance. But how do you rebound from a night or day that's not financially, like it didn't work out the way you thought? You didn't get paid for the film or the escort? Well, me never getting paid for the film has never happened. Okay. And me never getting paid at a stripping gig never happened. Okay. Never. There are nights though on the same kind of thing where I might have had porn gigs cancel on me at the last second. Ah. And I may have had dancing gigs cancel on me last second, which means in my mind, that was money I was planning on getting. But now you don't get it or it's on hold until they reschedule. Right. Yeah, it's always disappointing, but I've gotten far enough to where like I can miss a gig or two and I'll be okay. No, that's good. No, but the multiple streams, I think that's where it's at. And certainly real estate and the other adult entertainment, like having good credit. Yeah, dude, even like in my downtime, which is very little, I have a PlayStation. I like to play Call of Duty sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, like I don't even play that much. Even when I'm playing PlayStation, I feel guilty. So I started looking into, well, if I start a Twitch page and I set up this camera, I don't care if it's $20. Right. The way I look at it is we're all just kind of going through life, right? Yep. And money is above our heads the whole life. You just kind of figure out a way to grab it. Yeah. That's it. It's just there and just grab it. So it's like, how can I, because there's Twitch people. I don't know if you know many Twitch streamers. There's video gamers making millions. Millions. It's insane. And I'm thinking if I can just get a crumb of that. Yeah. And just take the thousands or even an extra 500 bucks a month. As long as it's just coming in and I'm just getting it sitting here doing this, I'll take it. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Good. It's not how much you make, it's how much you save. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Do you think that the hustling mindset might come from like not having a safety net? Like I know I didn't have a safety net growing up, so I had to figure out every way I could to make sure I didn't fall short because nobody's going to come in and pick me up. Yes, there's that. I've always kind of had like the hustler thing and we go back to what we were joking about when I had the video rental service. But like my dad died when I was super young and I never got along with my biological mom that well. So I was basically adopted, not legally, but basically by my good friend's parents. Yeah. And my friend's dad, who I call my godfather, my dad, who I'm really close to, he's a big time hustler. Okay. He owns a hot springs. (laughs) He owns tons of properties. He's owned houses, businesses, like he's on his shit. Yeah. And he's taught me a lot. Hey, here's how you make your money. He's not a nine to fiver at all. Well, you know, hustling is not a bad thing, right? No. You got to hustle to catch the worm. You got to hustle to show up. And that's what people think hustler. We're not talking about drug dealing. Right. We're not talking about illegal stuff. We're talking about outside the box of nine to five. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Mason, we're at the Fast Five, so I'm going to shift the energy just for a moment. Cool. The Fast Five is brought to you by Survey Junkie. Making a difference pays in more ways than one. Survey Junkie opens the window of communication between you and the brands you love. Take surveys, get paid. We love to get paid. Yeah, if you love to get paid, you got to love Survey Junkie. You got to love it. 100, dude. What's the biggest tip someone shoved down your pants or thong? (laughs) Well, technically, I guess it would have been $200 at one time. Okay. At one time. We're talking about one party or just at one shove? Well, yeah, one person going. I had a girl one time come up to me when I was dancing at a bachelorette party and she was like, represent New York. And she ran to go grab my penis and I looked down and there were $200 bills down there like one time. I was like, oh, cool. That's nice. It's better than a roll of quarters. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'll tell you what, I have a joke. Like, you know, if you dance in Canada, you know, they got those loony and toonies. Yes. Throw those at you. <laughs> That's exactly. What shouldn't you say to somebody when they give you a big tip? 
what shouldn't you say? Yeah. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's right. What's something you feel like you spend too much money on? Food. All right. What are your financial goals for the next 12 months? More passive income. More passive income. That makes sense. So we're at our M&M moment, our sweet spot, money and motivation. What's a practical tip that you yourself have learned or used, a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom for the listener? Something that, you know, save more than you spend. It was, it's a great... So the only thing I can say from my experience, from what I know, because I'm not into the whole crypto thing, I don't understand that completely. Yeah. So from my generation, what I've been told, real estate never goes down. Yeah. If you can get a good deal on a piece of property and it makes sense, buy it. You know what? Even though real estate once in a while does go up, it's still a good long-term investment. I agree. You got real estate, if everything else... And then gold and silver. Yeah. I've always been told, look for the deals. You got a deal on property or gold and silver, buy it. Yeah. Even if it's all the money you got, buy it. If it's a deal, get it. If you have the money, get it. No, absolutely. But I know a lot of these kids are making money on this crypto stuff. I just don't understand that. I don't understand it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like on Shark Tank, I'm out. And they called, what's the other one where the pictures? NFTs. NFTs. Yeah, I never understood that either, but I, there was big money in that for a while. Yeah, there still is. Big fucking money, dude. It's crazy. I kind of went on fair, but property. Gold, silver, property. Things you can touch. Well, Mason, this has been a great conversation. And for my takeaway is following your passion. You went for something, even though other people gave you grief or called your names, but it was something that you wanted to do because you wanted to keep the party going. Why not? Go for it. And hustler is a positive thing, right? Because when you talk about having that hustle mindset, it's talking about how to make money, how to do this, how to do this, how to make the deal, find the deal. So you're constantly on the move, on the hunt, maybe not with the fear wolf, right? But the wolf is on the prowl looking for all those different things. Like, how do I get resourceful? How do I find those things? And so I love that you've written this book and you're unapologetic. This is me. This is what I've done. This is how I showed up. Thank you. Because there's a lot of people that are sitting at Bunzel and somewhere else and hating their lives and not willing to take a chance because somebody might criticize it or think it's out of the box or it's not appropriate. And and again, though, there's nothing wrong with Bunzel. Absolutely. That was just not for you. No, and, and one of my last nights at Bunzel that got me to really get out of here was I worked the night shift, right? We came in, it was like a Friday, and they had a party for the day crew, and the guy was celebrating his 34 years at Bunzel. Wow. Bunzel's been around forever. I was 21 at the time. <laughs> and I remember I walked into the break room and I went, I saw the cake and I remember looking at the stupid, you know, those stupid little office parties. Oh, yeah. Pizza and all that. And I'm like, this guy has been here 14 years longer then I've been alive. Yeah. And I was like, I remember that was when I drank in like an unhealthy way. I always had like a fifth of vodka in my car. It's a good way to start. Dude, I remember going out to the back, drinking, crying, like for real. Yeah. Like having a for real mental breakdown, smoking like, holy shit, is this it? Is this me? And that dude, I'm not doing this shit. I got the first opportunity to leave and I took off. That's right. I'll buy my own pizza. <laughs> I packed up my 1998 Pontiac Bonneville and drove out to Las Vegas from Indiana. That's awesome. Yeah, right. And now you have a book. Where can people find you online and social media and show us a copy of your book? Absolutely, man. So my book, it's Mason Knox. It's going to be the true story of a Las Vegas adult entertainer. It's about basically my 15 years here in Las Vegas. And for those of you who like to get their entertainment passively, every book comes with a free download card. So I have audio download cards where I did the audio myself. Awesome. So one of the download cards is the actual verbatim 
Audible for the book, which I did myself. And then the bonus Audible card you get is story time, which I tell each of the chapters like a story and don't really read it. Okay. So it's like we're having a conversation like we are now. All my social media, all my book, everything can be found at masonnox.com. That's M-A-S-I-N-K-N-O-X.com. Links to all my social, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Pornhub, my TikTok, my OnlyFans, how to book me as a stripper, to buy the book is all again at masonnox.com. Great. We'll put that all in the show notes. And Mason, I got to say, you've got the most Southern name. If your middle name had been Dixon. (laughs) So do you remember, are you familiar with, I like to say this real quick, a filmmaker, Oliver Stone? Yeah. Yeah. He did Natural Born Killers. Right. And in that movie, Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson play the serial killers, Mickey and Mallory Knox. Uh Uh-huh. And I made a joke that they had a son and named him Mason. Got it. So (laughs) I'm the son of Mickey Mallory Knox. I'm Mason Knox. Mr. Las Vegas, you know. I love it. Yeah. This has been great, man. You guys are fun. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's been great. And maybe we'll see you in Orlando. Yeah. And then real quick, you're out in LA, right? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. And in return for you, I will give you, Bob, a free lap dance. (laughs) I might be too old for that, but thank you. Dude, a free lap dance from Mason Knox himself. And I will throw in a free copy of my book. Oh, wow. I will do that. Oh, my God. Hilarious. You guys have been great, man. Thank you so much. Hey, man. It's been great. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, man. Have a great day, brother. You too. Hey there, Money Master. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn some valuable insights around your relationship with money? Our guests shared some of their financial epiphanies. You might have experienced one too. Don't just sit there with that aha moment. Share it with us and the world by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Or leave a comment on one of our socials, at Money You Should Ask. Let's spread the word and help others explore their financial health too. But that's not all. Do you want to live in abundance and build wealth that can sustain you and your family for generations to come? It only takes one thing, the willingness to change the way you think about your money. It's time to test your money nerve and discover what's been holding you back from financial freedom. Take the free quiz now at themoneynerve.com and begin your journey towards a prosperous future.